1: Hammer, and Nigel. Do you believe these characters
2: are weirdos?
3: So let's
1: rock Yeah, so I guess this hurricane, Hurricane Adelia, barreling towards Florida, the Gulf Coast, Tampa, is no joke. Cat 3, Hammer, which is a big daddy.
4: That's what it's scheduled to be when it arrives tomorrow. Early morning landfall time could be sometime pre-dawn. So imagine, Nide, you're somebody that lives in Tampa or really anywhere on that Florida coast. It's dark. It's the middle of the night. And what should be a Category 3 barreling toward you. That's pretty scary.
1: It's scary. And then when you think in terms of the storm surge that would happen as a result of the hurricane, which is just the rising of the sea and and wind associated with the storm, right? They're saying like up in the Big Bend area where the Panhandle is, like 10 to 15 feet storm surge in Tampa, four to seven feet to the Tampa Bay area, which anything basically greater than four feet of a storm surge in that Tampa Bay area would set a new record there, if indeed that were to happen. If you go to our
4: Twitter, at Hammer and Nigel, scroll down a few tweets, I retweeted A video of what 10 to 15 feet of storm surge looks like and you just think to yourself okay 10 to 15 feet feet, that's pretty tall but then you got to figure how wide that you know encompasses the entire area and it's pretty scary man um this storm surge is no joke and they're already seeing some flooding begin on the very southern tips of florida like around fort myers beach
1: Man, I'm looking at the thing you reposted from what the storm surge looked like in Fort Myers last year, 10 to 15. That is that is scary. Wow. You see those white caps going yes. over some of those yeah. smaller trees, with the palm back, trees. With the backdrop of a house almost covered in uh, salt water.
4: Uh Tampa International Airport closed, and depending on the strength... And the timeline of this storm, the officials say that Tampa International could, in theory, open up as early as Thursday morning, but that seems like
1: a long way away. That's how you know it's serious. I mean, obviously, obviously, they people take it serious down there. You shut down a major international airport like Tampa, that's a big deal.
4: High tide is going to be a major concern, because if you've ever been to the Gulf side in Florida, there are some areas like Tampa, St. Pete, where it's completely intercoastal. And when that high tide comes in, it's pretty impressive as is. But now you factor in a Category 3 hurricane. At least when it arrives, it'll be a Category 3. Here is Florida's governor. Presidential candidate Ron DeSantis talking about the concern for storm surge based off the high tide. Uh,
5: The National Hurricane Center advisory includes that if this storm hits at high tide, storm surge could reach 8 to 12 feet in some areas. And so that would be a life threatening storm surge. I know all those areas are are under uh, evacuation notices in the low lying and coastal areas. Uh, You run from the water and you hide from the wind. Uh, if you're there in that storm surge, uh, you're putting your life
4: uh, in jeopardy when it gets to be uh, that, uh, that high. So, Florida bracing for another hurricane on the Gulf side. It is picking up. Momentum right now in those warm waters of the Gulf of Mexico. And Ron DeSantis basically uh, halting his presidential campaign right now to go back to be the governor of the state of Florida, getting them through another hurricane. Certainly nothing new for the governor of Florida to get them through a hurricane. But a reporter earlier today in that press conference asked Ron DeSantis, how long do you think you're going to be off the presidential campaign? pain.
5: Well, this is no different. I mean, you remember Ian. We were in the midst of of a, of a governor campaign. I had all kinds of stuff scheduled, not just in Florida, around the country. You know, we were doing different things, and you know, you you, you do what you need to do. I mean, and so that's what we're doing. So it's going to be no different than what we did uh, during Hurricane Ian. I'm hoping that this storm is not as as catastrophic as Hurricane Ian was, but we're gonna we're gonna do um, you know do do what we need to do because it's just it's just something that's important. But it's no different than what we've done in past um, past iterations of all this stuff. If you're
1: a resident of somewhere, say like Tampa, do you have to go into every one of these situations thinking that this is it, this is the big one, and then just breathe, you know, breathe a big sigh of relief when it doesn't happen that way? I think like, so. I think you, you prepare.
4: You, have to. you know, like all batten down the hatches. You prepare, whether it's a Category 1 or a Category 5, um, I think you go in to protect your house, protect your family. So, I mean, yeah. you just
1: heard Governor DeSantis there say, you hope it's not going to be that destructive, but just in case. I mean, I wonder if some people's gut feeling down there is that it's going to dissipate or it's going to take a turn or it's just not going to be as bad as everybody says it is. I guess it's just a waiting game. Probably best to
4: over-prepare I, would say. I would for situations course, like this. Like, like, what
1: good is a generator going to do if you live in Florida on the coast like that, and you live in Fort Myers last year, and you know, you know you're know you going to be without power forever, what good is a generator do you if it's underwater? That's a good point. <laughs> right? If you I, live in assuming... those coastal
4: areas where you're yeah. getting that major storm surge— you know, Unless you've got like a high-rise you're living in, I don't know. Um, true story, and I told this to uh, Rob and Casey earlier today. Oh, I
1: heard this. Were you really thinking about flying down
4: there? I was pretty damn close <laughs> to getting dropped off at the airport to go to Tampa last night.
1: Well, we all know your dreams and hopes and aspirations <laughs> of covering a hurricane.
4: Yeah, man. I heard the airport was going to be closing around midnight, and the coupon lady... She gave me the deals. like, look, if you want to go down there, you better go right now because the airport's going to close. If you want to go, I'll
1: support you. But... Oh, there's, there's a caveat here. We have a kid in college. <laughs> yeah, that's all you had to say. But
4: I mean in theory she was going to let me go down and live my dream of covering a hurricane for the Hammer and <laughs> Nigel show in Tampa right there on the beach but I also got the guilt trip of you don't really need to be spending money on this right now.
1: Well there's also the little issue of you know possibility of losing your life. I don't, I don't think she really cared about that,
4: to be honest with you. <laughs> oh, I really don't yeah. think that was a major concern. It was more financial, right? <laughs> you know that money you're going to spend on airfare and a ridiculous hotel fee. Yeah, that's a tuition payment.
1: What the? Uh, what was the prices like Were they outrageous? Or it wasn't they, too bad. Was I normal? mean,
4: it was normal airfare to okay. Tampa. Now you get it cheaper if you buy it in advance, but uh, we're oh, well. two hundred and fifty bucks there back, you know, maybe look at about 500 bucks round trip and then hotels and food. So we're talking about a good, you know, $1,500
1: hospitalization possible.
4: And again, that's a tuition payment. Drowning. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, and by the way, just a reminder, since we're talking about safety with a hurricane here, according to Joe Biden. The best way to stay safe from hurricane force winds and devastating coastal flooding from storm surge is to get vaccinated.
6: If you're in a state where hurricanes often strike, like Florida or the Gulf Coast or into Texas, A vital part of preparing for hurricane season is to get vaccinated now.
1: (laughs) There you go. Just imagine lines forming miles around the corner of of Walgreens and Seminole or, or Polk County, Florida. People aren't buying toilet paper. They're not buying cans of soup or bottles of water. They're all in line to get vaccinated. You're huddling up with
4: your family in the corner of your house where salt water is starting to make its way in. The windows have blown out. You might not have a roof. And then imagine telling your children, it's all right. We're
1: vaccinated. Everything's going to be just fine. That could be one of the dumber things Joe Biden has ever said in the history of dumb things Joe Biden has ever said. That's a bold, bold
4: that's, statement. That's
1: that's a top five one right there.
4: Uh, we've got some news to pass along, Nige. A presidential candidate has ended the run. Ooh, for the Republicans? Someone that has been running as a Republican to be the nominee uh, for president. Doug? Not Doug.
1: As- a- a- Ada? Ada. uh, As Trump calls him. Ada
4: Hutchinson. Nope, nope. Those folks made the debate stage. I understand. Somebody that did not make the debate stage was the mayor of Miami, Francis Suarez, who has ended his presidential campaign today. So as is custom here on the Hammer and Nigel show, when somebody ends their campaign, we give them a Sarah McLaughlin style tribute. Here it is for Miami Mayor Francis Suarez.
5: I will
3: remember What's so funny, Pee Wee? It's not for sale, Francis. <laughs> Any of you
2: guys call me Francis, and I'll kill you. you Lighten up, Francis. <laughs> <laughs>
3: This guy
4: sucks.
3: There you go.
6: Wow.
4: I mean, if you can't make that first debate stage, then what Bob Barker said right there is absolutely true. Plus, we didn't really have any audio of Frances Suarez, so that's the best we can do. That was pretty good. Life
0: is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at kisqali.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between.
1: The hurricane coming in Florida. It's not the only thing that Floridians are dealing with right now some lunatic was caught on camera in an apartment complex he's being accused of injecting chemical opioids under his neighbor's door because of all the noise that they were making allegedly (laughs) good lord i didn't even know there was such a thing as chemical opioids like he's got like a syringe and you see it on camera they've they (laughs) he was caught on hidden camera He was tampering with the bottom of the neighbor's door, and here is that neighbor talking about the attack on his family. The first thing that came to my mind, my daughter and my wife, they need to be safe. A neighbor who supposedly, a regular guy, he was coming and harming us with chemical. That was very scary for us. It wasn't the first time that it happened either, Hammer. I'm looking at this article. There were previous calls to this apartment, and firefighters got ill trying to find the source of whatever smell uh, that uh, chemical injection of opioids was emitting. The baby vomited. They had a baby that was vomited this time. Now this time the family didn't need to go to be hospitalized. But the, they were like after the first time it's got, he's he's like there's got to be somebody effing with this and he set up this camera and it's clear as day. It's not like some sort of grainy security footage like right. you see it was in the middle of the daytime and this guy takes a syringe b- bends down on his knees and kind of pokes it through the corner of their door and I don't know what that does I don't know if it's I guess it's is it a, a liquid of some sort I don't know if it's a powder or whatever but whatever it was mixture of um you know <laughs> meth and fentanyl it made the entire family ill just because their neighbor thought they were making too much noise
4: so, two things here. Number one, leave it to Florida to introduce to all of us new and creative ways to get people sick from drugs. And number two, chemical opioids sounds like a band that will be opening up on like the small stage of Lollapalooza. Like, if you want to go over to the big stage and get ready to watch Linkin Park, sure. you can do that. Right. Uh, but chemical opioids are playing over here until then. Um, keeping it in the state of Florida. Okay, let's do it. A new law in Florida going into effect October 1st, making it so that anyone under the age of 18 will need a driver's license or a learner's permit to drive a golf cart.
1: You mean it's not that way now? Here is a concerned
4: Florida resident and the Florida Safety Council talking about this new law.
5: I would really appreciate it if they brought it up to the age where they are completely legal to drive a golf cart as well as a car.
6: I see a lot of 14-year-olds operating golf carts with three or four of their friends in those golf carts. And I, I got to tell you, I can't think of a more dangerous situation than that.
1: Yeah, you look up the stats. Uh, kids under 12 there's like 6500 children a year that are injured by golf cart injuries my my kids 11 we go down to florida to this for for vacation ami Anna marie island and it's a golf cart community and all he wants to do is drive now oh, I don't yeah. let him drive on, i don't let him drive on the main roads but if you know we're renting a house with a, with another couple and we're on a little side road I I, I, uh, I to sit with him. Right. I don't let him drive it by himself. But he thinks he he wants a golf cart real bad. Because Zionsville now, you're allowed to have golf carts uh, in and around the community and on the roads.
4: Now, he's older now, so he knows better. But be careful when they're just sitting there. Because we had a... Uh a situation back in the day on Halloween when uh, Jacob was like three years old. So we're going around the neighborhood trick-or-treating. Oh, you have one? My father-in-law did, Brownie. And uh, we had the souped-up, awesome University of Tennessee golf cart. And, you know, we're cruising the neighborhood. The kids are going up doing trick-or-treating. Well, we got to Grandma's house, so we kind of just... Parked the golf cart, right? And we're talking. Oh, no. Jacob, who was riding shotgun up there at the time, slides over no. and just drops the hammer. Starts <laughs> taking off, man. <laughs> I mean, I'm
1: laughing now. See, what happened?
4: We had to yell at him, stop, stop. Like, and ultimately, you know, he, he wasn't going f- so fast that we couldn't catch up and then got the brake on it. But uh, little Ricky Bobby wanted yeah. to go fast.
1: <laughs> yeah, if you ain't first or last,
4: <laughs> drop that hammer, kid. It's the hammer in Nigel show.
1: Nigel Show. Right, Steve Scalise is a House Majority Leader uh, out of Louisiana, the first congressional district there. He survived. He's the one a couple of years ago that survived a bullet wound during that congressional baseball shooting by that, that crazy left-wing Bernie supporter. The uh, bullet he was hit. By, this was crazy. And when you read about the details of this, and there's a reason why we're talking about Steve Calise. And we'll get that that in just a second. But you remember he went into shock, took a single rifle bullet, traveled across his pelvis, hammer, fracturing bones, internal uh, injuring internal organs, causing severe bleeding. He's lucky he didn't die. He was able to recover from that. Um, but uh, unfortunately, he just confirmed that he has uh, he's been diagnosed with multiple multiple myeloma, which he says is a, quote, very treatable form of blood cancer. Now, I'm familiar with multiple myeloma. We have very close friends whose family was affected by that disease and ultimately lost a loved one in their family due to that disease. So, hopefully, they caught this early and that he'll be able to to recover, just like he did with with the bullet back in 2017. Scalise,
4: who is the second most powerful Republican in the House, Kevin McCarthy, of course, is the Speaker, and then Steve Scalise, uh, the House Majority Leader, put out a statement. "Quote: I am incredibly grateful. We were able to detect this early, and that the cancer is treatable. I'm thankful for my excellent medical team, and with the help of God, support from my family, friends, colleagues, and constituents, I will tackle this with the same strength and energy." As I have tackled past challenges, yeah, I was going to
1: say, yeah, tackled past challenges. Imagine surviving what he did—that uh, congressional baseball shooting. Again, that bullet. I mean, he was—he was on death's doorstep, surviving that, and then a few years later, finding out you have blood cancer. And I think one of the things that sometimes gets
4: forgotten is, yes, Steve Scalise had to physically go through that. He's going through this now. But imagine being a loved one of Steve Scalise. You're one of his kids. You're his wife. You're, you know, somebody that cares about him. You have seen him go through multiple sure. horrific things. Like, my goodness, like what more can happen to this guy in his career? It's got to be tough on the uh, the immediate family. Yeah. Uh, We've got a little left on left violence here now. Oh, Nige. no. So the Biden administration pushing back on criticisms that it's not done enough. to help the state of New York with the illegal migrant crisis. Now, they don't give a blue rat's ass about Texas
1: or Arizona or places like that. They've been dealing with that for years. They're used to it. (laughs)
4: Right. But because the leaders of a very blue state with some high-profile politicians have kind of called them out, the Biden administration's pushing back a little bit. And now you've got a little feud here between the governor and... Kathy Hochul and New York City Mayor Eric Adams. Earlier today, Eric Adams ramped up his criticism of Governor Hochul and her handling of the illegal migrant influx, saying she is blatantly wrong for not forcing other areas of the state to take asylum seekers, Mm. leaving the Big Apple to handle the crisis on its own.
1: Uh, This is funny coming from the guy in 2021 that said, yeah, we're a sanctuary city. Proud of it. We will always be. New York City will always be a sanctuary city. Well, put up or shut up, pal. Right, because it's happening. Yeah, even Kathy Hochul, the governor, said that. Uh, well, because the uh, you know this is a federal problem, this is a this is a government problem. We need federal funds to come and help. And uh, their fight is the beef between Eric Adams and Kathy Hochul is er- Eric Adams is saying like Kathy Hochul's not giving us the tools we need to fight this thing. Kathy Hochul's like, no, we've given you plenty of money, and you're not using the funds correctly. So the b- beef now is like. You know, send them, send them other, other places besides a city of eight million people. That somehow they can't, uh, you know, handle the influx. A city of eight million people. What about McAllen, Texas? Right. What about you know the, the, you know those little border towns right across the Rio Grande? For God's sake, you think they can handle ten, you know thousands of migrants a month coming through?
4: And isn't it just a little rich? coming from New York City. Imagine you're a New York City resident. You voted for Eric Adams. You voted in the governor's race for Kathy Hochul. You probably voted for Joe Biden in the presidential election. And now you're complaining about all three of them. It's almost (laughs) like you kind of get what you voted for. Be careful when you cast your vote. If you're just wed to an R or a D, this is what happens to you. You're going to have to take me through this next story, Nige, because I'm looking at the headline here. I'm just going to read it flat out. Man who spent 13000 to become a dog urges others to follow his lead.
1: <laughs> yeah, this guy in Japan. thirteen grand. He wants to be transformed into a collie. Says a dog's life isn't so bad. He's encouraged others to make the change as well. He goes by Toko. 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 Spent the money on this, um, it's a custom-made costume. He wears it outside, and he... <laughs> so, it's just a
4: costume. He hasn't had like, the physical surgery to you know, like make his face look and like he has a
1: Technically, he's still human, okay, but he okay. says putting on the dog suit makes him feel like a four-legged companion. Quote, since I was a child, I wanted to change, Toko says. When I am dressed in that suit, I feel happy because my dreams come true. Okay. Toko admits he's received some, um, shall we say, negative feedback from people who've seen him in, frolicking in his yard. You don't in the say, dog suit. So does he sniff other people's butts? <laughs> well, I would. That's what dogs do.
4: Right. That's how they say hello. So, you know, it's, it's weird because Matt Bear does the same thing. It's <laughs> the damnedest thing. Maybe he's a dog. I have no idea.
1: Thirteen thousand dollars to transition into a collie. A canine.
4: So, we can do one of two things here, Nige. We can sit here and laugh at the ridiculousness of this, or we can use the rules that have been put in place by the political left and progressives in this country. If he wants to identify as a dog, this guy is a dog, I say we spay and neuter him.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think, since it's a man, you would neuter neuter him, right? That's the male version. Yes. Yes. Yes, 100%. You eliminate the testicles right away. Bob Barker would want. We're honoring
4: the memory of Bob Barker and let's be honest the fact that this dude dog whatever you want to call him won't get the chance to procreate I think that's a win-win for everybody. So if you want to be a dog you got to be a dog, but you got to go all in. You got to start, you know, sniffing butts, you got to start humping things, dragging your ass across the carpet and when it comes go time, you will have Drag- to be neutered.
1: I'm trying to get a picture of this guy here. I'll try to find one. So far I'm not Seeing, I'm not seeing much on Toko, the Japanese man-dog. <laughs> uh, but this is a legit story, spending $13,000. The guy thinks he's a dog. So, I mean, I, yeah, you're right. The, the The progressive left way of thinking, if you're a man, you think you're a woman, so be it. If you're a woman, think you're a, if you're a man that thinks you're a dog, okay. ESPN
4: should give him a Courage Award. <laughs> they should bring him up at the next ESPY Awards and give Toko the Courage Award. And he'll drag his ass across the stage, <laughs> and he'll be panting, and oh, it's going to be a great moment in civilization. American Airlines hit with a record fine for stranding passengers over a number of years. I just flew American Airlines. Uh, American Airlines has been fined $4.1 million after an investigation found it left more than 5,000 passengers stranded in grounded planes for hours from 2018 to 2021.
1: Well, good. At least they're being held accountable. Of course, we all know that they're paying these fines with our money. The money that the government has bailed them out with over the years. <laughs> oh, $4 million? Not a problem. Here, let me write you a check. I thought you wanted money. <laughs> is it ridiculous to think that they're paying us with their own money? Now that you
4: put it that way, it doesn't really seem like it's all much of a big penalty big at all. Uh, but
1: Holy crap. Hey, can we go back to the Japanese man-dog real quick? Please, I, please. I, I just found the article. Hey, this th- This costume is... There's a lady pulling him around. How'd um, you like to be her? Like, there's a, now he's on his now he's on his back and she's rubbing his belly. I'll t- I'll tweet this out. Please or, do or, or post this at X at Hammer and Nigel. Is the costume
4: anatomically correct?
1: Uh, it. it he just looks like. That's a really good... I mean, it looks like a $13,000 costume of Border Collie.
4: There are countries in this world that don't have water, <laughs> that don't have shelter. <laughs> when
1: you put it like that. That don't
4: have medicine. And yet, this guy has $13,000 for a dog costume to cosplay as a dog.
1: That's the perfect... You put it very succinctly. <laughs> Toko, the Japanese man, dog. And that is posted right now at Hammer and Nigel.
4: Well, now I got to look at it. Hold on. You
1: won't. But when you look at it, when you just glance at it, you'll think it's a regular dog. Just like a really big one.
4: Really? OK, hold on. I'm trying to get it to load here. All right. I'll take a look at this here in just a moment.
1: I don't see it up just yet. There it is. All right. Hold on. Mm wait hold on when you like there's somebody interviewing it with a microphone it looks like lassie yeah like that looks giant? like a
4: dog you're right it does look like a dog but knowing there's a dude inside of that <laughs> thing one is creepy and like I said let's neuter look, it there's somebody
1: there's somebody with a microphone interviewing it holding the microphone up to the snout <laughs>
4: Boy, that's like the lowest level of broadcasting, (laughs) isn't it? right. Like one day, you and I are going to get fired from WIBC. It's going to happen. Everybody in radio is hired to be fired. It's like a coach in sports. And this is how it's going to end. I'm going to be a 75-year-old, deaf, senile, fat guy with a microphone talking to a dude in a dog costume. It's going to happen. Damn it. It's the Amory Nigel show.
1: This website called movieweb.com put together a list of 10 sequels that should have never been made. 10 movie sequels that should have never been made. Number one, Mean Girls 2. That was number one? Number two, Home Sweet Home Alone. Did you ever watch that over uh, 2021, 2022? um, This was like a new Home Alone. Yes. Uh, And it it, it featured original players from... The first Home Alone. Not Macaulay Culkin, Not Macaulay Culkin. Like Buzz, the older brother was in this one. My kids liked it. Really? I think you have to realize Home Sweet Home Alone was not made for adults. (laughs) It was made for 10-year-olds. Anyway, Son of the Mask is on this list. Uh... The secret, sequ- yeah, this one was real bad. Uh, remember, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, great, great movie with Rick Moranis, great yes. Disney movie. And they made Honey, I Blew Up the Kid. Ooh, that was that was awful. Jaws, The Revenge is on there. Grease Two is on there. <laughs> Space Jam a New Legacy with LeBron is on there again. These are all movies that should not have uh, been made. All all sequels actually that should not have been made. But I see this list and I'm like, yeah, there's some movies missing, for sure. Like. Caddyshack (laughs) 2? I argue that Caddyshack Two is the worst sequel
4: of any movie that's ever been made because Caddyshack was so good Man. and Caddyshack Two was so bad.
1: You obviously haven't seen Speed Two, then. Oh, that's There's right. Sandra Bullock and some dude that's not Keanu Reeves on a boat.
4: <laughs> <laughs> like uh, I can't believe Sandra put herself in that. Normally, Sandy brings it pretty good when it comes to movies. Well, but-
1: that well, Speed was her her. High Point. That was her not her breakout her, role. Yeah, her breakout role. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you were just talking about this awful sequel you sat through for some, for some god-awful reason, Blues Brothers 2000, right? Oh, man. What a piece of crap. Blues
4: Brothers 2000. Like John Belushi had
1: to be rolling over in his grave. <laughs> How do we feel? Now, this isn't on this list that I'm talking about from this movieweb.com site. How do we feel about Major League Two? because I don't think it's as bad as you do, if I remember this correctly. I, it's pretty bad. Now,
4: it's not Caddyshack 2, it's not Blues Brothers 2000, and it's not Jaws
1: the Revenge. But I mean, it's, it brings all the major players back. Charlie Sheen, Tom Berenger, Corbin Burnson. Yeah, but it's Dennis way Haysburg. more
4: silly and stupid. Like, there's still a little bit of legit baseball that you could see in the movie Major League. Yeah, But, I mean, like, in Major League 2, you got a dude jumping on
1: top of the wall and catching a ball with his bare hands, and <laughs> it's just dumb. And let's not forget about the next Karate Kid. I'm not even talking about the one with uh, Willow. Or what, what's the per- oh, Will what's... Smith's Little Mutant. Yeah, I'm, I'm talking about the one with Hillary Swank. Oh... Remember that one?
4: There's nothing worse than when, like, you're sitting at home, it's late at night, and you got the guide on, and you're trying to find a movie, and it says The Karate Kid. And it's either that awful one with Hilary Swank (laughs) or the Jaden Smith one.
1: Now, this one I'm going to disagree with. This is, I'm on a different website of awful sequels Revenge of the Nerds 2, Nerds in Paradise. No loved it not as good as the first one but still love nerds too
4: (laughs) the hotel coral essex (laughs) yeah it's not as good as the first one but uh it's not in the same category though as speed two right so hit us up on social media at hammer and nigel what do you think is the worst sequel of all time we're talking about part twos not threes fours or fives right because godfather three was just brutal Godfather 3 yes. was a joke. Absolutely. Talking about part twos, what do you think was the one that was rock bottom at Hammer and Nigel?
1: Hammer and Nigel. Do you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock! It. Well, Hammer, you know, there's a ton of cool things happening right here in Indiana. So from the people that brought you legal stuff, mm-hmm. from the people that brought you vaccine stuff. Sure. It's time for some good old-fashioned Indiana stuff! Woo! Tenderloins! <laughs> euchre! Basketball! Indiana stuff! You ready for this? Well, oh, this must be big. It's a big name visiting a local Indiana high school here in central Indy tomorrow. Let me see if I can guess who it is. Peyton Manning. No. David Letterman. One more try. Tony Stewart. Coming to a local indie high school tomorrow to speak about mental health. <laughs> Doctor Jill Biden Nothing? That, nothing on that? Joe Joe Biden's husband, Joe Biden? <laughs> <laughs> so Jill, Jill Biden. Doctor Jill. She's gonna fly
4: into Indianapolis tomorrow and speak at a central Indy high school. Now, we don't know the high school just yet. Somebody sent me a message earlier, and they thought that it was Westfield. So I don't know if that's the case or not.
1: Westfield, if you know that, let us know. I didn't get get much of a reaction there when I made the announcement. Would it help at all if I told you that not only is Dr. Jill Biden coming to a local Indy high school, but also accompanying her U.S. Surgeon General Vivek Murphy. Is that, is that doing anybody?
4: Are per- you sure Perkins? we can't get Tony Danza? <laughs> is it too late? Can we get somebody that the people actually want to see? <laughs> so I guess the good doctor, Dr. Jill, is going to be speaking to the high school kids about mental health resources. Now, Hmm. maybe we're being too over the top here. Maybe we're being a little too rough on the good doctor, because if you think about it, who would know better about mental health decline than the woman who's married to Joe Biden? Get ready, (laughs) pal. You're going in for a problem. I mean, if anybody in this country can talk about, you know, the signs, uh, what you do when you first see it, it's got to be her, right? (laughs) So that's gonna to happen tomorrow. She's gonna to fly in. She's gonna to go to some high school in Central Indy. Officially, we don't know which one By just the way, yet. When we
1: would say doctor. We're be, I'm t- saying academic. Correct. Correct. Right. She's
4: not gonna be performing a tracheotomy on anybody <laughs> in her spare time.
1: Who was it? Somebody on the View suggested that. Oh,
4: Sonny. Sonny hosted. And then Whoopi
1: Goldberg went along with it. Suggested that Jill Biden take the position of Surgeon General? Yes. (laughs) Did I get that right? I may have the job title wrong.
4: Whoopi Goldberg, I think, brought that up. And then Sonny was the one. Oh, yeah. Okay, good. (laughs) So ridiculous. Although, I think I might have had more faith in the good doctor, Dr. Jill, Then failed Surgeon General Jerome Adams. Oh, no. Wow. As Rob Kendall uh, refers
1: to him as. (laughs) Jerome taking some shrapnel here. Uh,
4: We're doing Indiana stuff here. A federal jury has convicted a woman for her role in the January 6th attack at the Capitol, Nige. She's from Indiana? Yes. Nancy Barron from Patriot, Indiana. (laughs) down there by Cincinnati on the Indiana side. Uh, Nancy Barron from Patriot Indiana was not charged with participating in any violent acts that day, but she was found guilty on a lot of, like trespassing type of stuff
1: parading demonstrating
4: right entering a restricted building she'll
1: probably only be sentenced to like four or five years in prison then right (laughs) people you know the writers in minnesota the social justice writers burnt down a police precinct and they're walking free but these people on january 6th who merely went into the building went into the Capitol, just kind of strolling around like it was their own personal tour right We're still doing this uh, two or three years later.
4: The FBI said they found multiple photos and videos of Barron inside and outside of the building. So just
1: by virtue of being inside that building but not committing any violent acts, that was trespassing and criminal... I mean, because people come into the Capitol... Protesters come into our Capitol all day long, whether it's transgender issues or uh, pro-choice people screaming at politicians. Is that that the way it works? And Barron
4: contacted the feds the day after to let them know, yes, I was there. I'm willing to come in. I'll turn myself in. I'll answer any questions. Didn't get hit with anything about violence, but these are the charges that she was hit with. Disorderly or disruptive conduct in a Capitol building, entering or remaining in a restricted building, parading demonstrating and picketing inside of a Capitol building.
1: Well, we don't know how long she's I mean, she should only spend six or seven years in prison then. Right.
4: And then you think about the dirt bag that killed the Marion County Sheriff's deputy here in Indy. That was a violent, just piece of human excrement from the very beginning. Boy, he was right back out on the streets the first time he got in trouble. Oh, yeah. And I know there's a difference between federal and state. I get that. But look at the justice system as a whole in our country. Violent folks get right back out on the streets parading. Hot damn, you better lock them up and throw away the key. Put them in solitary and make them go nuts.
1: Any sort of irony that she's from Patriot, Indiana?
4: Right. (laughs) Patriot. I had to look it up. It's, again, down in the southeast part of the state, on the other side of the river, kind of by Cincinnati. Uh, Indiana stuff. Dateline Fishers. Due to unsatisfactory levels of E. coli found at Geist Waterfront Park Beach, no swimming will be allowed, now, the rest of the park is going to remain open for right now. Whoa. But visiting the swimming waters, currently not permitted. Now, if you remember,
1: Nige... He causes diarrhea, correct? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Lots of... You can get it through water or food or... Lots, lots of... Lots, of, a, of, the, lots, of, lots di- of diarrhea. Diarrhea. Diarrhea.
4: diarrhea. <laughs> uh, but these are the same people... When this park was just opened up, remember, they said, if you're not from Fishers, you have to pay 50 bucks to come here just to see the beautiful sights of this water park.
1: Trying to keep all the the riffraff out, huh? You
4: hillbillies from Whiteland, (laughs) you white trash idiots from Beach Grove, you got to pay 50 bucks to come here. Well, guess what, Bal? Lick Creek and Beach Grove's doing just fine. No E. coli in there. (laughs) Suck it, Fishers. How does that taste? On behalf of everybody, you tried to shame before you invited them to pay 50 bucks to your bacteria-filled lake. We all say bite me. Couldn't have happened to a nicer group.
6: Bravo.
1: Everybody at Beach Grove is cheering right now, all at once.
4: Uh, And lastly, Indiana stuff here. You may have heard at the news at the top of the hour, Adam Schefter of ESPN is reporting No deal. The Colts did not find what they thought was fair trade value for Jonathan Taylor, the disgruntled running back. So a trade is not going to happen right now. Now, the Colts gave Jonathan Taylor a deadline of 4 o'clock today to try to find a trade partner. If you really think about it, though, that's an arbitrary deadline. The NFL trade deadline is Halloween, October 31st. So really, he could be traded anytime between now and Halloween. But Jonathan Taylor will start the season on the physically unable to perform list. Wonderful. The old pup list, meaning he's going to miss the first four games against the Jags, the Texans, the Ravens, and the Rams. So there you go. I hope we go 4-0.
1: Right? Yeah. I'm kind of rooting against this whole thing now. I loved the guy back in the day, but that new agent got a hold of him, and, man, turned the whole city against him.
4: Yeah, it got squirrely real fast with Jonathan Taylor, and the latest is no deal, according to Adam Schefter of ESPN.
1: Nigel presents...
6: It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Is this anything? All right, let's
1: rock and roll. Yeah, Hammer, how do we play Is This Anything?
4: I will run a few different stories by you. You will break down all the information and give us a verdict. Is the story in question anything or not? Okay. Dateline Nevada Is this anything? Video footage is circulating of Nevada Rangers shutting down a highway blockade and protest outside of Burning Man by smashing into their barricade, holding the protesters at gunpoint, and then arresting them. Here is the incident unfolding. Boom.
3: We're environmental protesters! We're
2: environmental protesters!
1: (laughs) 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 They had set up a giant blockade on a major thoroughfare in Nevada. It was blocked for miles and miles. And they were trying to get, yeah, this this event called Burning Man, which I, I don't really know what it is except... It culminates with like you know the burning of a large wooden effigy known as the man. I I really don't know what it is, but these climate activists got everything that was coming to them and more. You can stand on the side of the road and protest all you want, but do not block traffic. I don't care whether you're climate change protesters. I don't care if you're protesting lockdowns or protesting vaccine mandates. I don't care if you're BLM. Do not block the roads. There were people. I mean, it was in the middle of the day in Nevada, hundred plus degrees out. People. To get to where they were going, it gets hot, um, man. You know, there could have been somebody that was in trouble, somebody that was on their way to the hospital, on their way to the doctor's office, somebody had to pee. I don't care. And by the way, just so everybody knows, this is on. I think this is on Native American land. So the the, the Nevada, uh, the, it was the tribal police. They do things a little bit differently on their land. You know, you can see the footage. I mean, this guy in his truck, this this tribal policeman in his truck just blows through the entire blockade and it's everything you've ever wanted to see when somebody blocks your or peed your way on to wherever you're getting to trying to go. What it's, gives was, me faith in
4: humanity, Nige, is that I'm reading up a little bit more here. And yes, the environmentalists are going after the Nevada Rangers, but a lot of people in Nevada have sent like pizza and food to this department, <laughs> really? saying thank you so much for doing this. You know, we've always wanted somebody to do this kind of thing. Let them know that you can't block the street. And you're right. Like I don't know if anybody's been to Nevada in the summertime. I been there, I've been to Vegas when it's been like 118 degrees, it's hotter than blue hell. And people are sending like, it's almost like when there's a funeral and people send you like items, here's some food, here's a card, here's flowers. They're doing that to the Nevada Rangers. And and
1: not only that, but they were doing that on, uh, they were trespassing on tribal land. So I, I, I think we should have the same policies here on, you know, general land, you know, right. you know, you know, official American land. What well, policies.
4: Remember that fat guy wearing Zubaz out on Monument Circle that had his gun out and was pointing oh, it, was,
1: it. I was towards um Meridian. Yeah, yeah Merid- that was on Meridian Street towards sixty five. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. Yeah. Um and that guy got away with it. Yeah. Like I wish we had the Nevada Rangers oh, here. Yeah. Could you imagine Boss Hogshead's head spinning all the way around <laughs> watching the Rangers do that in the street? Is this anything? It's kind of an update, actually. All right. Remember last month when a bike thief stole a $1,300 bike from a San Diego garage? Do you remember uh, that story?
1: Is this with the dog?
4: The guy was quickly charmed by the owner's dog. Yeah. A tipster identified the bike thief and he's been arrested. Oh, good. Good. Here's a little reminder of the theft. About a month ago, caught on the security camera.
6: You're so cool. You're the coolest dog I've ever known. I love you too. Where's your dad? Where's your dad, she, no, no, leave your
1: garage open. Dad, where are you? I love you too. Ha ha ha! Now, I can't quite make the call here. I don't like to speculate on matters like this hammer, but I, I'm i pretty confident in saying that thief was high as a kite.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> and the dog, of course, you know, if it was a German shepherd, it'd probably be a different story. That guy would be in a hospital. Right. But Because it was a gold retriever. They're very friendly. They they like the, the, the dog's name was Ace. It wasn't Toko, the Japanese man dog? <laughs> no, no, I don't think Toko, too. Toko would have done the same thing. He would have rolled over for that guy so he could pet his belly, <laughs> pet his Japanese dog man belly. Uh, the so, family got their bike back. All is good. And the guy got arrested. And good for them. So yeah, something.
4: Imagine waking up in the morning, not knowing what the day is going to bring. You turn on the radio and the first thing you hear is Nigel saying Japanese dog man belly. <laughs> it's been that kind of day. Yes, it has. Is this anything? A woman in Texas was taking a bath when a scorpion started poking its... Stupid little pinchers through the overflow valve. I saw this. Listen to her commentary. Oh, this sucks. At first, she believes it can't fit through like the tiny crevice. Yeah. But just wait. That is a
5: freaking that is. scorpion. So big that it can't fit through. Texas living at its finest. They're trying to come in everywhere to get water because it's so dry. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I dunked my head and now he's got his head stuck. Oh. Oh my gosh,
1: trying oh my gosh, his best.
5: A scorpion in, he's coming
2: out. He, he just he's going to, oh my god, <laughs> are you freaking
6: kidding me right now? Daddy. You ain't going to make it out of there, you're stuck. Nope. <laughs>
1: He made it out of there. He did. Scorpion made it out of there. It's uh, go to at Hammer and Nigel, scroll down a few posts. It's pretty much the most terrifying thing I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, the thing is not that big, but it was big enough like it still was able to crawl out of the 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 overflow valve. And uh, yeah, that's what you got down there in Texas. Big old scorpions will come get you when you're taking a bath. And the oh, thing the is, it was so creepy.
4: That sets the fear that it could happen at any time.
1: At anywhere. anywhere.
4: So imagine this woman, next time she wants to sit down and take a relaxing bath, in the back of her mind, she's going to think that scorpion's going to come out and bite me. What if she wants to sit Pinch down me. and
1: take a relaxing dump? I mean, there's that scenario as well, crawl out from underneath the, the, the toilet tank.
4: But she's, we or- had that story about a year ago where somebody sat down on a can, I think it was in Texas, and there was a big snake yeah. that came out from underneath and was, was trying to bite him yep. on the backside.
1: So, I think that may have been Australia,
4: maybe. Well, that's happened I mean, there, too. Yeah. But I think it's happened in other parts of the country. So, what do you do in that situation? Because I've let it be known. I poop the water. I I, that I, 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 I You unload on the snake. <laughs> you want to come up here, you're going to face bombardment. Like, sometimes in life, when the brakes are beating the boys, you have to absolutely poop on a snake. Put that on a T-shirt. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. <laughs>
1: The Hammer and Nigel Show. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer right over there. There is a story that has gone completely under the radar, peripheral to what happened down in Georgia with Donald Trump alongside 18 co-defendants, to, to you know the charges of challenging the election. Most of the people that were arrested last week were bonded out and went home to return their families, Hammer, except one defendant. His name is Harrison Floyd. He was not. He's being held without bail down in Fulton County, Georgia. He is the Black Voices for Trump leader. This is where law enforcement veteran Michael Letts comes in. He's the founder and president of Invest USA. been a 30-year law enforcement veteran. Michael, I want to bring you into the fold here. Thanks for coming back on the show. What exactly is going on with Harrison Floyd? Who is he and why, why is he being held without bail when everybody else was allowed to go home?
6: Well, this is one of the greatest tragedies in this last decade in American history. And let me tell you why I use those words. First of all, let's talk about Harrison. Harrison is a former Marine. I realize Jarheads, you know, I mean, I was with the Green Berets, but I realize that Jarheads is done. Not- Quite as mentally capable, <laughs> oh, not you're getting all over oh, But still, the fact that he served in a combat situation, he did a tour of combat duty in Iraq. Uh, we leave no man behind. That's the first and most important thing I want this country to understand. This is a veteran. Second of all, is all he did was help coordinate blacks for Trump, trying to solicit support in the black community. He got a huge response because of that. They viewed him as being dangerous. And so, here's how the story went. He decides that he lives in Maryland with his wife his Jen, his children. He would drive down from Maryland, because you remember, he is not a wealthy man. Okay. He would drive down, come in on Thursday, right before Trump was supposed to be there, post his bond, and then come on home. He did that. He go down Thursday. Well, they didn't give him a bond on Thursday. He's all the president come through, but they didn't give him any bond. So then on Friday, he's thinking, well, okay, it'll happen to me on Friday. Well, on Friday, he doesn't get a bond. Here's what happens. You have two white judges, a female and a male. The female is a Superior Court judge who has the ability to set bond and do anything she wants to do, okay? She takes the position from the bench, well, this is not really my jurisdiction. The man handling this case is on vacation. He'll be back the first of next week. So he'll just need to wait till first of next week to uh, get his bond set. Georgia state law requires that they be bonded within 48 hours. Yeah. They ignored that. So once I heard that, I hit the roof. And once she began to see the uh, reactions coming across from me on the wire, she quickly ad- issued a press statement that she actually she had looked at the case and d- determined that he could be a flight risk. That's why she didn't grant him bond. Uh, okay Well, here's the problem with that. If he wanted to be a flight risk, he wouldn't have gone to Georgia. He would have gone to Jordan. I mean, <laughs> yeah, he they, drove
1: there, right? You're, you're telling drove, me he drove there to turn himself in, turn voluntarily to. turned himself in.
6: Now, here's the other thing I want your listeners to understand Fulton County Jail is under an injunction order by the Department of Justice. It is not only one of the most violent, but it's one of the most filthy, degraded. Jail systems in the country. If you've ever seen pictures, the cells are full of lice, uh, bed mites, bed bugs. The plumbing system backs up. Mm. I mean, it is. I have been traveled the world, and I've been in third world countries, and their systems are better than what you see in Ford County. It is utterly despicable, and for them to have. Ignored his rights. Now remember, the judge on vacation doesn't get all the hooks so so easily either. He could have very. He knew what was going on. He was briefed by his staff. He could have made one phone call off the beach, two minutes. I set his bail as bond at whatever. At least he would have known. But no, they chose to make him suffer. Now, why did they do that? When you look at their public statements, prior public statements. They're, not only are they both registered Democrats—
1: You're talking about the judges? The judges. Yeah.
6: Not only are they registered Democrats, but they have done actual public statements hateful to Donald Trump. They can't stand him. So what do they decide to do? We're going to go after you, Trump, by blocking one of your black supporters. That this is just, folks. I am shocked that we're going to allow this to stand. Now you say, well, what's happened now? He's still waiting, still waiting. Mm -hmm. They're fighting now to change the venue to get him out. Hopefully, he will be out this afternoon. But I am just so appalled. This is what I've done. I sent a letter to the governor saying, "Governor, you are the chief executive officer for the state of Georgia."
1: Talking about Governor Kemp.
6: Governor Kemp. You have the right to suspend for failure to perform your duties. Both judges have failed to perform their duties. They should be suspended immediately. The case is turned over to the legislation to determine whether impeachment proceedings need to be held or not. And you should immediately bring in a judge to set a bond and get him free, get him out of there. Asset. if you do not have the backbone necessary to be the chief executive officer, then perhaps you too should resign and allow the people to once again determine what the course of action should be for their state. So I'm in the doghouse in Georgia, but you know, it is. A, these are words that need to be said. It's right. just it's a black mark against the United States and Georgia.
4: Now, Michael, have you heard anything back from the governor's office? And where is the ACLU here? Because yeah. we all know they kind of lean very politically left. But if you're telling us the truth here, this is a guy that didn't really get his fair shake in 48 hours. It's a black man locked up by white judges. Where's the ACLU?
6: I would agree. Where is Black Lives Matter? Where is Antifa? Where are all the protests? Where's Al Sharpton? Yeah. Where is Al Sharpton? And your first question no response out of the governor's office. He's mum on the point. I get, uh, you know, feedback from some of the staff I know over there that he's furious that I raised the issue to the press, but he needs to be called out on it and he needs to determine the opposition. You can't do that especially to veterans, people that have put their life on the line in combat to defend this country, and you don't guarantee their basic constitutional rights. That's despicable.
1: Speaking with uh, Michael Letts, a longtime law enforcement veteran here, and we're uh, talking about Harrison Floyd, who is the Black Voices for Trump leader and currently being held at the Fulton County Jail, uh, denied bond by the judges, two judges there, two Democrat anti-Trump judges. Um, Look, big picture, Michael, where do you see this trial going? For Donald Trump and his co defendants over the next months. You know, the trial dates have been set. One of the trial dates is right before Super Tuesday. When Donald Trump says this is election interference or tampering, does that resonate with you at all?
6: Oh, there's no question it is. But let's answer your first, your first, the first point you raised. There is a federal law that says that states cannot indict a federal employee, a federal law, a federal personnel for performing their duties under the function of the federal law. What does that mean in layman's terms? If you're a federal employee. And you do something. The state cannot come after you. If you don't like what they do, you file it in federal court, not in state court. So Mark Meadows has already appealed. The courts have agreed to hear it. Typically what happens when the courts agree to hear it, they're pretty much agreeing with what your position is going to be. This is going to be transferred out of state jurisdiction. They overreach. They don't have any jurisdiction in this matter. And it'll go to the feds, and then the feds will decide if they even want to pursue it or not because they're, I mean— Honestly, RICO is what she's trying to use. Yeah. That is the most ludicrous charge she could ever come up with. Trying to, And now what we're finding out is that they have been withholding evidence that they were supposed to provide on the election fraud to begin with. So this is going to blow up in their face. Uh, it's going to blow up in their face way before the primaries get here. I think that's why Donald Trump's not worried about it. But I couldn't happen sooner or any quicker than, you know, for me. i like to see it happen immediately because the American people are fed up with being lied to and with Democrats trying to steal elections and trying to use our judicial system to weaponize it against us. It's not going to work.
1: Hey, Michael, before we let you go, tell us about your organization. It's called Invest USA. Tell us a little bit about that.
6: USA is a public charity we have that provides body armor to agencies all across the country that are in drastic need. But on top of that, we've also got an off-branch called Restoring Justice, because we realize that not only do we need to protect our officers, we need to protect the respect that people have for them. They won't respect you if they believe there's a two-tier justice system. Right now, there is a two-tier justice system, and that has to be stopped. Yeah.
1: Well, Michael, keep us updated on the Harrison Floyd situation, Um, the leader for the Black Voices for Trump being held without bond because they believe he's a flight risk, even though he drove from Maryland voluntarily to turn himself in, along with Donald Trump and the 18 other co-defendants. Please keep us updated on this, and uh, we appreciate you taking the time today, Michael.
6: Thank you. God bless you. Thank you for what you're doing for America, getting the word out. It's time that America, the time has come, America. We have to stand.
4: It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. The state of Connecticut has passed a stand your ground law against bears. I, I'm, I'm sorry, what? I guess the state of Connecticut's had such a rise in black bear encounters. They don't have a hunting season you know, they're super progressive. They frown upon hunting. So, there's now a stand-your-ground law if you encounter a black bear, which basically says if a bear is coming at you, you fear for your life, you can now kill the bear. You can't hunt it, but you can kill it.
1: Okay. So, that, like, there's a human version of this, right? There's stand-your-ground laws in, like, Florida. Right. In Indiana, if somebody's, like, coming at you with a gun, you can take your own...
4: Similar to the yeah. castle doctrine, too. If somebody okay. gets into your yes. house threatening you, you can absolutely stand your ground. Okay. They had to do this with bears, huh? There's no bear hunting season because mm. you know they're anti-gun, super progressive,
1: and all that kind of stuff. But so up until now, all you could do is say, get out of here! Get out of here, bear!
4: Beat it. What you're telling me is is that it's time for great moments in shooing away bears' history, like the guy that saw the bear get into his backyard where his wife and kids were playing and had to yell like a bigger bear to scare it off? If I was trying to scare a bear, I think that's how I'd sound. We got time for one more night. Choose your own adventure. Do you want the Alaska photographers scaring off a bear, or the guy on the hiking trail? Oh, hiking trail for sure. Hiking trail, it is.
3: Quad. 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 sounds
1: like he was having a seizure, some sort of aneurysm, some sort of exorcism, right? There.
0: Hammer. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kiskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kiskali is right for you.
3: And Nigel. Do you believe these characters are weirdos? <laughs> so let's rock
1: My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here. Hurricane... Idalia. Is it Idalia? Right. Sounds like a European stripper's name. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Bearing down on Florida. uh, More specifically, should hit uh, the Tampa area early tomorrow morning. We'll go to the drivehubler.com hotline for some perspective. An old friend of the show, even older friend of mine. He uh, did radio on this signal when it was uh, 93.1 radio now for a long time before picking up and moving to Tampa. He's been there for years. Marco.
2: What's up, guys? You, you guys are fancy now. Not a stripper anymore. It's a European stripper. Right.
4: Gosh. When you move to Afternoon yeah. Drive, you know the European strippers, Marco. I'll
2: tell you, the, the ratings must be really good. through <laughs> right. the roof,
1: man. I, yeah. I hate it. I hate it. The only time we talk to you is when uh, there's a <laughs> natural disaster headed your way. And, man, here we go again, dude. So, somebody that's lived, how long have you lived in Tampa?
2: Uh, I've been here seven years. Yeah, it's funny. What, my, my middle son, Trey, just said – I said I was jumping back on your guys' show. And he's like, hey – how come they always want to talk to you right before we're all about to die? And I was like, well, oh, no, no, no. I had, tell them. I had to tell you, tragedy sells, buddy, tragedy sells. So.
1: Man, what are you, okay, so tell me, Marco, what is the level, what is your level of concern right now compared to what you're seeing on TV and social media with this hurricane bearing down on you?
2: Yeah, it's weird. It's a it's real different than like 48 hours ago, because 48 hours ago, Tampa St. Pete, it was going to be kind of an Ian situation, right? Like a lot of heavy wind and uh, destruction in that in that capacity. But now it's kind of turned into more of a storm surge situation um, where, you know, you're talking about I was just down on the beaches actually 20 minutes ago. And it's always surreal when you see the sheriff's office going street by street on their speaker saying, mandatory evacuation we will not come help you like just hearing those words just it's out of a movie so yeah storm surge if if you're on the beaches or in low-lying areas um i think this is going to be really bad
1: but how close are you in terms of flooding and things like that is that something you have to worry about that you've prepared for
2: Yeah, so the evacuation zones, you know, they start at A, and so A is, you know, you're definitely getting flooded, and then B and C and D. So I'm in B. Um, We're not evacuating, but, um, you know, my neighborhood is on the intracoastal waterway. It would take a lot to get up here. Uh, I think we're about nine feet above sea level. You know, it could happen, but... um, hasn't happened yet.
4: So Marco, take us through what happens like in your neighborhood, you know, 24, 48 hours before a storm. Do you see the people going to the gas stations, lining up outside of Walmart and hardware stores and things like that?
2: Yeah, so it goes in stages. So yesterday the gas stations were crazy. They were they were being bagged up, so they were running out of gas yesterday. They've since replenished the gas. Then you kind of go through that where everybody's out in the street talking to each other. Last night the local bars had a big hurricane happy hour, so we went up for that. <laughs> then this morning it was yeah. Then this morning it was sort of like get down to business, get the boards up. Uh, I went down and got the sandbags and that kind of stuff. Uh, maybe time for another quick hurricane happy hour this afternoon. But then you know, anytime you're talking about a two, three, four a.m. landfall or at least a storm getting close to you. You got to get ready for that. And
1: what sucks is the the power outage. I mean, I know. I mean, I know this is a dangerous situation. I know the people there closer to the water are probably are the ones needed to evacuate the most. But like your, I think the last time we talked to you, your power was out for like seven days. You had to head up. Was it Irma that you had to avoid? Like, was that the bad one?
2: Irma, Irma for us was really bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah we thought in we, last year was supposed to be real bad for right. us. That, that you know, obviously turned into Fort Myers, but yeah, the power's brutal, right? Because the storms leave and you're just dealing with 90, 95 degrees. And they've done a lot of infrastructure work here um, since Irma. That was kind of a big really? push from from Ron DeSantis. Yeah, they've spent a lot of money in that infrastructure. So you know, we'll see. Um, we'll see. But you do what you got to do. You know, you you get generators. And do you yeah, have a generator? And, Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I, I can't have a kegerator and not have a dinner. <laughs> <laughs> no. does make any sense. Um,
1: okay, so you mentioned Ron DeSantis. How much does it mean to you as a longtime Floridian now? I mean, you can call yourself a Floridian. You've been there multiple years. Um, I don't know that he's necessarily suspended his campaign, Marco, but he's, um, he's, he's down there. He's on the ground. How much does that mean to you as uh, one of his constituents?
2: Yeah, I think the feeling here is you know we'll we'll get Governor DeSantis's best shot, right? You've got unfortunately this climate. You've got half the uh, half the people probably hoping that things are really bad for us here, so they can paint DeSantis as ineffective at managing uh, a crisis. So um, I, I think he's done a great job. Um, you know, I mean, I honestly, I, I, I living here through and throughout, you get these storms. You know, Fort Myers. I got to tell you, last year, Ian, you know, he he had those uh, military helicopters basically. In the air and on the ground as Ian was pulling out, they they did a great job. That was a tough that was a tough storm for them. It, still, so much of that area hasn't even been rebuilt, and they've got a lot of insurance issues with that. But him as a leader, I think uh, I think we feel good. You know, um, the power companies have been out; they've mobilized. The gas tankers have been out. You've seen them on the streets. So, as much as one human being can do versus Mother Nature, I feel good about about what he does. Hey, Marco, is there any? Price gouging going on?
4: Some people would say it's just supply and demand. Others would say it's price gouging. What are we looking at in terms of like the cost for sandbags and wood and the gas prices right now?
2: Well, it's a good question, follow-up question to to Ron DeSantis because one of the first things he did, and this was right after Irma, was he put in some really strong and strategic legislation about that. Simply, if you do it here, it, it just won't be worth it. Um, you'll be penalized. You'll be shut down. You'll you'll go to jail. I mean, they really have have really cracked down on that very very hard. As far as sandbags and stuff. You know, a lot of the municipalities here, all that's free. So the government provides that stuff. So you go down, you do it. Um, I'll tell you what happens, though, is uh, states like Georgia and Alabama – you know, people who are evacuating, they cross that state line, and they get hammered with hotel prices, gas prices, oh, food prices. Oh, wow, yeah. Um, and that is just brutal. And, and we were kind of victims of that for, for Irma. I mean, I think it was like a $1,400-a-night hotel wow. uh, right across the Georgia line. And, you know, this was, you know, seven years ago or so, but still. Um, but really, they've done a great job with that. You don't see that really as, as a concern anymore. I mean, hell, it's price gouging with gas. That's been happening for three years. All just <laughs> right. For
4: How can you tell?
2: <laughs> right. It feels pretty good.
1: <laughs> uh, my old friend Marco, who I did radio with here uh, back in the day on uh, when it was Radio Now 93.1, and now he's he's uh, moved his family to Florida to work in radio, and, and he is our voice on the ground here, so to speak. And, Mar, so what – okay. Listen, man, I, I saw your footage. I, I follow you on Facebook of, of you on the beach. It does not look pretty there on, on, on the Gulf. What's your gut instinct – what you're going to see here coming in the next uh, 24 to 48 hours
2: yeah i think you're going to have people who you know either have investment homes or, or people who live mm-hmm. on the beaches and uh i think they're going to be dealing with a lot of salt water in their homes you know not only is the way this storm this storm is tracking we're getting what's called the dirty side of the storm it's moving north so the dirty side is the east and we are to the storms east we also have a blood moon which is the second full moon in august and that's uh, turns out what's called a king tide, which obviously is just huge amounts of tide water, so your high tides are much higher than normal. So all that is the recipe in this hurricane, which spells for really high water. so um I, I just think again, for you know, and we hear it a lot, people don't want to leave, and I get it in some of these storms, but when you're talking about you know, eight to ten feet of salt water on top of a huge tide. You just gotta go. I mean, you, you can deal with your windows getting blown in or half your roof getting blown off. When you get salt water starting to push you in your house, it's over. There's really nowhere to go.
4: Well, the thing is, Marco. Even though the winds will be severe and you may have salt water in your house, I remember Joe Biden saying, "If you're vaccinated during a hurricane, everything's going to be just fine."
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that too, and uh, it's really interesting. It's, uh, I, I saw a lot of people at Walgreens, CVS today, and uh, didn't see any of them getting a shot. So I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> that's all going to work out uh is there I a think, yeah, I, there, there's a new vaccine coming i think so we're all excited oh uh, yeah we're,
1: <laughs> we're pumped is there any part of you as a as a floridian now that is selfish and hoping ron desantis doesn't get the uh, gop nomination so you can keep him for yourself for another few years
2: well, I think he's term-limited, so I think this is it for him anyway. Um, I'm pretty sure on that. I think you can only do two terms as governor in Florida, so he just won his second. Um, look, I, you know, I get it, the, the national polarization of Ron DeSantis. I get it. I mean, in a lot of ways, he's made himself an easy target, but he's only done that by really, I think, doing the right things in a, in a lot of scenarios. So, um Listen, he's done he's done a lot for this state. Oh, yeah. I think you've seen, you know, people have moved down here in droves and droves and droves, which is part of the reason why I think Florida is really on edge about these hurricanes, because you have so many new residents from other parts of the country who didn't deal with tropical culture and tropical environment. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. And so, you know, it's no mistake that this is probably, you know, the number one destination that people are still Moving to, um, oh, even and- after,
1: even after, tw- I remember as soon as tw- in 2020, as soon as my family could get on a plane, we flew straight to Florida. I remember having uh, drinks with you out there at. Uh at Hooters there, John's Pass I think um, uh, you know in, in June or July of 2020 as soon as I could get down there and and it was all because of really Ron DeSantis. I remember the feeling back then that the you know the bartenders down there were just happy to be happy to be back to work. I'll never forget that one bartender she's like, I'm just glad to be working again. Thank God for our governor.
2: Yeah, so many people, you know, moved down here um, for those reasons too. They yep. they they saw an economic opportunity, so you know they they moved down here, and you know, no state income tax. There's there's a lot of things, but even lately in the last week or so, you know, you start hearing those rumors about lockdowns again yep. and masks and stuff. And I can tell you. Living down here, you just don't even think about it. It's just something that that right now would never happen under this governor. And, you know, you look at his election that he just won. Uh, I say won, but, I mean, he walloped Charlie Crist. Oh, yeah. It's unbelievable. And so it's just... It actually is strange to, to hear national news and, and hear such division in some of these states because you're down here and you're like, what the hell are these people talking about? We're all on the same page <laughs> down here. So it, uh, it definitely feels a little different from what I see uh, nationally.
1: Is there – like, I don't know if you put your your Facebook out there or not. I mean, is there a place, if somebody's listening right now that wants to follow you down in Tampa, can, can they find you anywhere on social media or is that uh... –
2: I never know any of my any of my URLs. I mean, I'm just really not up to the game on this. I guess I got to have I got to figure. But you're you're welcome to share it. I will I will say one thing. Okay, I'll share your
1: stuff. Okay. I that's what yeah, I'll that's do.
2: Fine. I will say I, a guy that, that I think does a great job is, um, and maybe you guys have heard of him, but it's Mike's weather page, and he's all over Facebook and TikTok and everything. But um, he lives here locally, but really does a great job covering these storms and, and a lot of other weather events. So that's something I'd recommend. I, I follow him a lot.
1: All right. Well, uh, hunker down. You and your family stay safe, and um, we'll probably be in touch, you know, here in the next 24, 48 hours for an update. Okay, Marco?
2: Sounds good, fellas. Thanks. <laughs> okay.
0: Are you really okay with me? Are you okay? Everything's gonna be okay. Are you okay? Are
3: you
5: okay? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm pretty, pretty? far from
1: okay. Ah! Are you okay with this? On the Hammer and Nigel.
3: Oh, yeah!
1: Well, this is a sad one. I forgot about this guy, a uh, conservative media figure known as, jo- you remember Joe the Plumber? Cameron? Oh, yeah. Joe oh, the yeah. Plumber has died at the age of 49 because of pancreatic cancer. That's always an eye-opener when I see those ages and those stats. I mean, pancreatic cancer, I mean, it'll just decimate you. I'm only two years younger than, than Joe, but Joe the Plumber went viral. You remember in 08, he had the audacity, the nerve to confront then-presidential candidate Barack Obama about his his tax policy.
4: Yes, What's your name? My name is Joe Wurzelbacher. Good to see you, Joe. I'm getting ready to buy a company yeah. that, that makes
2: 200,
4: $250,000, $270,000, $80,000 a year. Right. Your new tax plan is going to tax me more, does not it?
1: Yeah, and he ended up saying, oh, well, we've got to spread the wealth around. Are you okay with this? No, man, this is a bummer. And uh, Joe was one of the good guys here. And, of
4: course, he was a target of the political left after that. He's not really a plumber. There was an issue with his plumbing license in his (laughs) home state of Ohio, so that's why they chose to go after him. Uh, But the real reality was, he was somebody that was on the right side of the political scale. I don't want to say he was a plant at that Obama press conference, but he wanted to hear... Directly from Obama's mouth, what was going to happen uh, to the tax policies? He was kind of a surrogate for the McCain presidential yeah, campaign. I remember that, right? But then he came out later on, years later, and said that he's actually glad McCain never really won because he didn't like him as a candidate. But it's just crazy to me how politics can make just regular people like Joe Wurzelbacher, Joe the Plumber, into these pop culture phenomenons. Remember the Trump-Hillary debate when there was a red sweater vest-wearing environmentalist named Kenneth Bone? What steps will your energy policy take to meet our energy needs while at the same time remaining environmentally friendly
2: and minimizing job loss for fossil power plant workers? Yeah, I
1: remember like Cole's sold out of those red sweaters that he was wearing, right? And he had the right. he, did he have a he had the the adult cinema mustache, right?
4: sweet porno mustache. <laughs> and honestly, the tribute to Kenneth Bone was one of the early successes that we had as a record label, yeah, Hammer man. and Nigel Record. Ken- Phone, an
1: phone, phone, he's got a porno mustache, phone, phone, oh your red sweaters all sold out at Kohl's, we hate these debates. <laughs> oh, yeah, the Rah- Hammer and Nigel Records was in a dead-eye dick sort of mood, I think, when yes, they wrote that. Yes, dead eyed wow. dick. That's right. All right, Eminem is asking Republican presidential candidate Vivek Ramaswamy to stop using his music at future campaigns. Old Marshall Mathers is tired. You remember when Vivek went viral after he performed Lose Yourself at the uh, Iowa State Fair in August, Hammer? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Ramaswamy on the mic there
1: so you're telling me Eminem had a problem with it I sent him a cease and desist so he can't use that music anymore are you okay with this no I'm not okay with that since when did Eminem become
4: just a mouthpiece for the establishment boy nothing says I'm a rebel like being a mouthpiece for the establishment Eminem is become soft as a baby's ass, so what we're going to do here is have a little fun at his expense. Okay. Here's what it would sound like if Lose Yourself was mashed up with the video game Mario Brothers
2: snap back to reality oh, reality.
3: oh, reality. oh, reality.
5: oh,
1: reality. oh my good lord that was awful
4: and not to be outdone one of our favorites the there I ruined it youtube account did a version of his hit without me but they turned it into a bluegrass song
2: the Created a monster Cause no one wants to see Marshall more They want, and but if you want <laughs> Shady and you This is what I mean. A little bit of weed it's just some hard look,
4: it's some That'll just drop
2: A so let me see They try to show me down On MTV But it feels
4: so empty Without me Now this looks like a chocolate. I love it. I love it. I can't
0: do this anymore. <laughs> Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at kisqali.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.
1: You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show. Hey Tony. Hey Tony. Pretty boy. Tony. It's
2: Tuesday with Tony Cass on the Hammer and Nigel
1: Show. I don't want to keep Tony waiting. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here hooking up live with Tony Katz for Tuesdays with Tony. Any number of places we can start here, though. These um, trial dates for Donald Trump. Let's start there. Like one of the trial dates for the indictment is um, like the day before Super Tuesday next year. So when you hear Donald Trump talk about election interference, how do you process when you see these dates? Some of these trials like I, I, I think it's election interference. How, is,
3: do you feel that way? I think most people think that it's d- that, that that it is. I mean, that it's true. Uh, you, you've got Fannie Willis who said, hey, how about March 4th? Uh, and and uh, uh, that's the day before Super Tuesday. And Brian Kemp, the governor, is like, are you out of your head? And, and then they're like, all right, maybe we'll find another date. And then uh, uh, the judge in the January 6th case said, hey, how about March 4th? And, <laughs> and, 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 you, and you realize that that, that that this isn't If you can have a trial on March 4th, you can have a trial on March 6th, but they didn't say March 6th. They said March 4th, the day before Super Tuesday. Of course, the way to look at it is uh, 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 election interference uh, as trying to put their thumbs uh, on the scale. Um, that's what all of these uh, in, indictments are. Uh, they're, they're, they're not certainly based on law. Maybe the classified documents one is the closest one. But this is based on revenge. That's how it's seen in the court of public opinion. This isn't about how Trump has spun it. This is about how the American people
1: look at it and the total lack of faith they have in the federal government. How do you feel about the mugshot? When you first saw it, what did you think? What went through your mind? Uh, I so
3: it's it's not a question of whether I like the shot. It's that I am one of the, I like maybe very few people who object to the idea of oh this is so cool. Oh this is gonna get the Democrats. Oh they're gonna regret this, dude. Uh, if Trump was smiling. People would have said, oh, what a great mugshot, right? You look at this one, like, oh, he looks so strong. It doesn't matter what he was doing. He could have been smiling. could have been picking his nose. It wouldn't <laughs> have mattered. People would be like, that's the greatest mugshot of all time. Um, I think uh, glorifying the mugshot is super ugly stuff, uh, in, in my view. And I understand people see it differently. The mugshot is an unbelievably dark moment in American history. Yeah. It's the moment of Leventry Beria, who ran Stalin's secret police. Show me the man, and I'll show you the crime. Yeah. He's the guy who said it. And that's what we've got here. Uh, We tried an impeachment. Didn't work. We tried a second impeachment. It didn't work. We're now going to try everything else under the sun. And now we've got this. When Claire McCaskill, the former senator from Missouri on MSNBC, talked about uh, Rudy Giuliani and his mugshot and said, Woohoo! That's the quote, by the way woohoo! That's how you know these aren't serious people. These are vindictive disgusting, awful, despicable people who would gladly throw out the rule of law to move their ideology forward because their desire is their way and you get nothing. They get everything, you can't speak. They do it their way and you're lucky to survive and if you get in their way, there's nothing they won't do to destroy you. These people don't believe in the rule of law, they don't believe in decency. These
4: are despicable, terrible people. Well, I agree with You, Tony, these are despicable people. I will disagree with two things. Number one, um, I think it's okay to celebrate the mugshot. As a matter of fact, you can buy your mugshot t shirts at store.hammerandnigel.com. Oh boy. And number two, let's be serious. Let's have real talk here. The Nick Nolte mugshot is still the gold standard (laughs) of all political, celebrity, you know, whatever you want to call them mugshots. The Nick Nolte Hawaiian shirt with the disheveled hair, that's Still the goat. First of all, uh, you know I disagree with you about the t shirt. We'll leave it there. Uh,
3: secondly, uh, the king of mugshots is Rick Perry. No, no, no. Wow. No, I didn't think about that. Stop. The, 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 see, Rick Perry knows he was getting screwed by some local official. Wow. And and, and we, you knew it was just nonsense from beginning uh, to end. What it wasn't was that coordinated one? For? Destruction. What was it? What,
1: what is, he, the, the former governor?
3: Yeah, the, when he was governor of Texas. And, and, and there was a whole thing there where some local yeah. DA decided to go after him. I forget actually what the claim was now. Yeah. But that mugshot, that one is. <laughs> Is it? Yeah, I, 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 admit to you that it, uh, that I am taking it on principle, and I, and I also admit to you that plenty of people are going to go to store.hammerandnigel.com uh, and say, man, I wish they're going to say, I wish Tony Katz had a store. But more importantly, they're going to they're going to buy what they buy, and, and I think that's great. I, I must admit, it is a principle thing with me. I am, I, people are like cheering the coolness and not discussing the issue, yeah. and I have, I admit, I have a real hard time with that. Because I I'm I am never really an angry guy. I uh, there's there's passion, but not really an angry uh, guy on, on air, and not really an angry guy about politics. Usually angry about why the hell am I in studio right now? I don't want to see these people. That's usually the stuff <laughs> I get angry
4: about. Um, so you don't I'm, get angry, angry very about often because you're never in the studio, Tony. <laughs> right? You must be the happiest okay. damn man on the planet. Right until that mugshot, you bet your ass.
3: <laughs> okay, happiest okay. son of a guy. Whoever existed. Let me ask the you something. The
1: mug. I understand your point about the mugshot, but I think people are having a discussion about it. And uh, the 7.1 million dollars that was raised 24 hours after that mugshot release was released proves that. What does that say to you that that amount of money was raised for his campaign in such a short amount of time after that mugshot?
3: I I I I don't know if it says anything. I, I I never forget that no matter what my issues are with Trump, my questions about whether or not he can win a, a general that guy's ahead by 30 points no matter what poll you're looking at. That he is wildly popular no matter what uh, poll you're looking at. Uh, uh, Joe Biden couldn't raise $7 million of his life depended on it. Do you know how much Hunter (laughs) Biden artwork he has to sell to raise? $7 million? It is unbelievable. And this is the part that keeps the left constantly being gobsmacked. They can't understand why he's popular. And this is why the people on the political right who follow the bulwark and that other that nonsense can't understand either that they are not the people that uh, the party is looking to. They can't take it. They can't believe it. And they can't even accept the good parts
4: about Trump, which is indeed the fighting, the abuse. Tuesdays with Tony. Tony Katz with us. Tony, you bring up uh, the Biden family. Uh, new poll comes out and I'm a little weirded out by this poll. The poll shows that, yes, people think Biden's too old. But the thing that we talked about yesterday was, this is the biggest problem people have with Joe Biden. Not the fact that he's incompetent, he can't walk, he can't speak, he's horrible at foreign policy. uh, That he's too old, that's the biggest problem? I'm just so glad they admit that he's got a problem. I mean,
3: maybe, maybe I, I, I've lowered the bar so much uh, that, that I'll, I'll take anything. Um, but, you know, it, it's, it's hard to say, well, he's terrible at foreign policy when, well, yeah, he's horrible at foreign policy. He's a ridiculously old man. You know, he's terrible <laughs> at, at dealing with the border. Well, of course he's terrible at dealing with the border. He's a ridiculously old man. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, the, it's the reason for, for the thing. Uh, and uh, sometimes uh, the simplest answer is, Uh, the
1: right answer. So what's in the Democrats' playbook looking forward then here because because you know even Democrats agree that he is way too old, looks very feeble. Um, is it mask? I mean, we're hearing drips and drabs of mask mandates at certain companies and colleges. Hell, there's still colleges that still require the damn vaccine for you to be on campus, which is outrageous. Is are we too early to start talking about COVID and that being there and that being uh, an advantage in the upcoming election? So I
3: addressed this exact thing today and what i stated and i I would ask you guys to to think about it uh you know where are you at you don't have to tell me right now um is this a mask COVID election, or is this an abortion election? Mm. The political left has decided that this is an abortion election. We see it with uh, Joe Hogsett. Uh, he can't talk about safety. He can't talk about security. He can't talk about a vision for the city. Instead, it's reports about how he's going to ensure that city employees can still get access to abortions and reproductive health or whatever the hell else he's talking about. Abortion is the only subject the Indiana Democratic Party can talk about. Right? They right. have proven though, that that can move an election because you can argue it did many, many places in 2022. We saw the United States be told, you have to stay in your home and you have to wear this mask. And they all said, sir, yes, sir. And they did it. Why would I believe that them talking about masks or Republicans talking about masks will move an electorate? So I don't know if they're going to lose out on anything by going down this radical, ridiculous road. It's not that they're going to win anything. I don't know if they win anybody over. They've just bought into this as their political mindset and they can't get away from it. Um, But I have not seen where doing so is going to cost them the election. You may, certain people may say, oh, I'm never doing that again. But they would have said that before COVID. And COVID proved that the American people will live the communist lifestyle the minute they're ordered to. Why would I Believe they won't do it again, and why would I believe it's going to have a negative effect on Democrats come 2024? I don't. Yeah, I mean,
1: you mentioned 2022 in the midterms. Do you think the overturning of Roe v. Wade and the Dobbs decision and um, Lindsey Graham coming out and saying we've got to codify uh, pro-life language into the you know into law um, was that? Do you think that resonated with suburban moms who said no? Whoa, whoa, whoa! Wait a minute! And and there was no red wave because of that. It's you i believe
3: that suburban women allow abortion to be a subject more important to them than their own kids suburban women have daughters who won't make the swim team because some boy wants to be called Susie and has to be given the place as if somehow that's a real woman And they'll say okay to that, even if it annoys them, because they'll vote for the same exact people who allow those kinds of things to happen because, well, we got to have abortion. Oh, there's a lot of suburban soccer moms who have to look themselves in the mirror and say, what's actually important to me? This Pavlovian abortion response that the Democratic Party has been conditioning me to for the past 30, 40, 50 years or my daughter having a future as a woman.
4: You tell me. You brought up uh, the COVID lockdowns, the election ramifications a little bit earlier. What do you think the American people, the public as a whole, are going to do if they're told to lock down a second time around? Because I think, and again, this is just my opinion, there were some folks that decided, all right, I'll play ball this first time around. I'm going to do what you said. But since then, since 2020, there's a lot of things that have came out about these lockdowns, about these vaccines. How do you see the public reacting if certain elected officials try to lock them down again? Well, again, I don't see the general populace getting up in arms.
3: I, I, I would love it I don't see it. I don't see the general populace saying no. I don't see the general populace quitting their jobs. I don't see the general populace uh, voting for, for for somebody else. I do see a lot of people going to store.hammerandnigel.com and getting a nice hoodie in order so they can cuddle up uh, on their couch right. uh, every day for the next however long. And maybe getting their Hammer and Nigel logo pint glass, which is available now at store.hammerandnigel.com. Um, but I don't actually, I, I don't see see it, and and I I don't mean to be negative. It's just, I
1: want it. I want it bad. I don't see it, and I am bothered by that. Yeah, and do you think they'll follow the new CDC guidelines on uh, alcohol and the two beers (laughs) a week? You are (laughs) hilarious. okay uh what's coming up on your shows tomorrow tony uh
3: well look i mean i'm not getting myself overly uh insane about hurricane coverage down in florida but we'll see as as it makes landfall tomorrow um housing prices are expected to go up in 2024 and interest rates are not coming down so you
4: know that's the sign of disaster He is on social media, at Tony Katz. You can catch him on WIBC. You can hear him in Bloomington, eat, drink, smoke, and damn it, he's got a book out, too, about barbecue. That is Tony Katz. TK, thank you. Always. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show.